Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverfront. This is episode number 430. My goodness, time Jeez, marches please. on, whether you like it or not. Episode number 430 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend, but maybe not mine, Nate Dotson. <laughs> How are you, Nate? Chadwick, Sean, I am great. Um, missed y'all last week. Had had some things going on. Um, kind of wish I would have been here because it seems like you and Wick get together. Usually, it's a great time for everybody. This time, you talk about how fun the team is, how much you're enjoying it. <laughs> and then they fall there, off the cliff. There might have yeah, been a little baby jinx there. Right, yeah. No, I had a good time with uh, Wick Terrell, uh, obviously from Red, redreporter.com, Wick Terrell. Um, always fun to catch up with him, and he always has a, a unique take on the Reds. And, yeah. you know, we were finding some things – and no one was, we weren't claiming that the Reds were good by any stretch of the imagination, but we were talking about how they're in some ways kind of sneaky fun uh, to, yeah. to follow. And, and I still I stand by everything I say. It takes more than one week for me to completely reverse my opinion on things. But this has been a rough week for the old Cincinnati Reds. The Reds, of course, winless since the last podcast. They've lost seven in a row. They've lost 11 of the last 14. They just had a uh, homestand, a six-game homestand against Milwaukee and the Dodgers, in which they won precisely zero games, and frankly, were not in the in the mix in very many of those games. The Reds are now, as we record, twenty-three games under five hundred. They are fifteen and a half games out of first place, fifteen and a half games out of the wild card spot, and um, although they're only two and a half behind the Chicago Cubs for fourth place, but oh. Um, if you'd have told me at this point in the season the Reds would already be six games behind the Pirates, then, yeah, well, this is where we'd been. The Reds have lost twice as many games as they've won. Nate, um, I don't know. You tell me. This has been a rough week. Just when the, the Reds were starting, to, I don't know, they were getting kind of fun to watch. There were reasons for optimism over the last few weeks, but they were up and down, but they weren't as bad as they were early in the year. Now, all of a sudden, it's just they, they've fallen off a cliff just – what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, the reasons for optimism are the same as they were before. They just all colluded over the last six days to play poorly at the same time. Um, the starting pitching has been pretty rough. There's a couple outings there by Castillo and Tyler Malley that weren't terrible, but they weren't good either. The young arms have struggled the same way we've kind of said that they would off and on throughout the whole year. But we had a nice little stretch there. We had a nice May. We had some moments in the first half of June where we're thinking, all right, this club could actually be fun, play some entertaining baseball the rest of the way. But like you said, these last six weeks, our last six days, like what is y'all doing? It has been kind of brutal to watch. Um, and it's been a collectively bad effort. The starting pitching has been bad. The bullpen has been bad. The hitting has been bad. But it only gets better from here, so – I'm excited for that. <laughs> there you go. They, they've hit rock bottom. No, you know, I, again, we try really hard to figure out ways to to laugh and to have fun, and, and we're still watching. We're for you know, we're hopeless. We're still watching. And, oh, yeah. and if you all are still listening, or, or either watching on YouTube or listening to a, uh, a Cincinnati Reds podcast when they've lost twice as many games as they've won, and so we're all hopeless, and um, so we have to find ways to enjoy it. But it, this week has been as tough as any since the first week. There for a while, we were kind of able to fool ourselves. We, we, we didn't think that we were going to make the playoffs. No one 
of uh, the most optimistic Reds fans, no names are going to be mentioned here, could have believed the Reds were ever going to make the playoffs after that start. But listen, if they're competitive in games, and that was kind of the crux of what uh, Wick and I were talking about last week. If they're competitive in games and they've got some players that are fun to root for, then you know what? Um, this is our lot in life. We're Reds fans, and so let's try to enjoy it. Man, the Dodgers, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. After after today's uh, final game of the series against the uh, the Dodgers, where the Dodgers swept the season series against the Reds, I'm ready to, to make a declaration here on the on the show. The Los Angeles Dodgers are better at baseball than the Cincinnati Reds. Really going out on the ledge there, but it's hard to disagree with. I mean, I, watch this little, team, and I want to step out on a ledge. <laughs> it was uh, like kind of like you said that they weren't competitive these last two series outside of maybe one game. Um, it kind of reminds you of the uh, three and twenty-two stretch when they just weren't in a lot of those ball games. But I'm chalking it up to fluke. You know, even the immortal Jeffrey Hoffman had a rough game today, yesterday. For those listening to this, so if Jeffrey Hoffman Hoffman's having bad games, you know there's just something in the water. It was they got sick or something. It was all fluke. No way that's legit. Yeah, yeah. The legend Jeffrey Hoffman. Uh... Showed a, he showed a little chink in his armor a little bit today. Uh, we should probably talk about Hunter Green because we we you know just praise Hunter Green uh, to the heavens every single podcast for good reason, and we're not going to change that now. But man, he just uh, gave up nine hits, six runs in five innings, and um, has now allowed twelve homers this season. Hunter Green has now allowed twelve home runs this season on pitches ninety-seven miles an hour or faster. Already a single season record since they started tracking uh, that, that sort of thing. So we're just the middle oh. of June and <laughs> no. uh, Hunter Green already breaking records. But, you know, uh, that's there are going to be days like that, I guess. But, yeah, it's just really uh, – I'm going I'm to admit that I uh, did not watch the game today. And I am so glad in retrospect that I didn't. After I went back and watched highlights and, and, and read the recaps and looked at the box score, yikes. Uh, that bad Hunter Green again, but you know, Mama said there'd be days like that. Uh, don't give up on Hunter Green. You can't um, spend half the season praising him for his composure and for how good he's looked at such a young age, and then be surprised when a lineup as ridiculous as the Los Angeles Dodgers this year goes and teaches the young guy a little bit about baseball. It's a difference. One through nine, facing, man. Yeah, it's a difference between facing the Pirates in the middle of May and the Dodgers, this Dodger squad, any time of the year. I mean, they've just got all-stars up and down. And he learned that there's, you know, when you're having a bad day, it gets it gets exacerbated when you're playing a team like that. And they're going to take advantage of – it seemed like every mistake all series, every bad pitch, seemed like it went for a hit. Yeah. It's the best team in the league versus the worst team in the league. Although I will not sit here and listen to the slander of the third-place Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> That's like a, a dream season for them so far. Third place. Boy, the Cubs are not good either. The Reds have a chance of catching the Cubs if they'll ever, you know, like win a game. Listen, I think we need to uh, celebrate like an open day parade if we catch the Cubs. I'm, I'm here for it. we got to have something to root for. <laughs> Being ahead of the Cubs is always it. Yeah, I got to be honest. If the Reds could finish ahead of the Cubs and Pirates, and that's those are – they're not going to the playoffs, but those are within the realm of possibility. If they could finish ahead of the Cubs and Pirates, I don't care if they lose 105 games. So it's, it's, a, it's a win-win for me. So, anything else from the series, the last couple of series, the Milwaukee and uh, and LA series that stuck out to you, in particular, or uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how much we want to talk about the fact that they just looked yeah. awful. 
Nothing too much. Um, Tommy Pham had um, a nice series against Milwaukee. had a had a big game today. I love seeing him do well, just because if there's anything that can convince a team to trade him, that something I'm going to root for. Right. Um, Get him out of town. Otherwise, no, I don't have a lot uh, that I want to dive into with these series, just because it wasn't. We try to keep it lighthearted. We try to have a good time here, and there wasn't a lot to have a good time about. Yeah, we're going to move on to other topics of the week and enjoy it more because there's not a lot to say. They just they were bad this week. It was a it was as bad a week as they've had since that awful start to the season. And uh, and Phil Castellini wasn't even, uh, you know, he didn't show his face at the park, so we can't blame him this time around. Oh, we can blame him, and we will blame him. But um, come on, let me let me just say this. And I, again, I, I joked about the the Pirates earlier, um, but. In this division, the National League Central, the Reds got swept by the Brewers this week, obviously. That's the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee. Oh. Um, if some team has to win the National League Central and it's not the Cincinnati Reds, I'm pretty much always going to be okay with it being the Milwaukee Brewers. How are they like, have they become one of the Reds' big rivals, obviously, but they're just not objectionable really does that make any sense I, I don't want to spend some time praising the brewers but they're the only team in this division that i just don't hate and uh i don't know why that is i, I well I'd actually I, I do have a theory but do you have any thoughts about that or do you just disagree with me totally i know you're anti I, I actually um agree with you completely one it's where baxter was hanging out then Anchorman won, so you gotta love him for that. <laughs> uh, I actually said something similar in um, a series recap a few weeks back. Not this last series, but the one before. A series recap is something that you could see and listen to if you are a member of our Patreon family. Patreon.com slash Riverfront Nothing to see here. Um, since they got rid of Ryan Braun, I don't dislike a single player on their team. Um, I, I will also they, note that... you. Just to give you some credit, I, I know you were uh, manning the uh, Riverfront Instagram account. By the way, we're at Instagram at Riverfront Cincy, and you had some comments about another former Brewer, old Bill Hall, who used <laughs> to terrorize the Reds. Uh, and that's that's a deep cut. If you remember that, you really were around back in the day. But anyway, go ahead. I interrupted you. Yeah, I mean the Cardinals' least favorite team in all of Major League Baseball. The Cubs are probably right behind them. The Pirates, they're more annoying. They're like you're. It's like it's like a little stepbrother. Except maybe we're the little stepbrother now. I don't know. Oh, no. But the Brewers are just kind of there. They don't you – know, they seem to do things the right way. They're in a similar market, similar uh, financial situation to the Reds in a lot of ways. And they just – they are kind of who we would love to be, at least in regards to how they're ran, how they're run. So, no, nah, totally agree. If somebody's got to win it, I guess it might as well be them. Well, that's sort of where I was going. They spend about the same amount of money as the Reds. Should, that's the difference between a team that is well-run versus a team that is just a uh, complete whatever show uh, at the top levels. I mean, um, you know, ownership and, and the, the front office there are, are smart. Reds obviously are foolish uh, in every way uh, at those top levels. It's, and it's not the money. They don't spend any more than the Reds. And they're not spending, you know, like the Dodgers. So, uh so that's that's you know I think I think I'm jealous as part of it. Uh, the other part of it again is I actually know why. Uh, I've been to Milwaukee a couple of times. I think yeah, only twice. But man, that is a seriously underrated city. Have you been to Milwaukee, Nate? One time, went and watched the uh, a Brewers game up there. 
it is a seriously underrated city in every way. I mean, I really have had a good time every time I've been there. And the one time I got to go to a game at, I don't know, it's it's, it's not Miller Park anymore. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah. it was it was a uh, Brewers-Cubs game. So I got to commiserate with a bunch of Brewers fans who were <laughs> really hate the Cubs. And so we had a common enemy. And so we shared a bond. Mm-hmm. I said, Literally, that I've never met opposing fans nicer in my life. And then the Brewers games that I uh, went to at, at Great American Ballpark before I started boycotting Great American Ballpark. Um, no, I didn't boycott Great, boycott Great American Ballpark. I'm boycotting uh, the Castellinis. But uh, Brewers fans were always, you know, I quit going to Cubs fans at Great American because they've just too many of them came out of the woodwork. But Brewers fans were always like nice. I, I remember one time walking into the stadium and, and Brewers fans were walking by. I was like, well, how come no one is tailgating? Before this baseball game, I was like, "Well, we, we don't really, we don't really do that." And the game that I went to up there, man, they were out there tailgating yep. before the baseball game. I just, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time. We spent way too much time talking about the Brewers here. This is <laughs> us trying to avoid well, talking about the lousy state of the Reds. But if you want a, a team to root for in the National League, I, you can do worse than the Brewers. I think you're onto something. It's it's less that you want the Brewers to win, as we collectively do not want. Cardinals, Cubs, or Pittsburgh fans to be happy. I mean, Cardinals exactly. fans are the worst. Cubs fans are the second worst. I'll always be traumatized by the sea of blue that attends every oh. Cubs Reds games in Cincinnati. And then Pirates baseball fans, whatever. Like I think, like you know, have some have some similarities there with us. But Steelers fans do not have the best reputation nationwide. So <laughs> as long as fans of those three cities are disappointed, to win for us, to win for That's America. What somebody said in the- Right. That's what somebody said in our Riverfront uh, Slack channel this week was something to the effect of, um, yeah, you know, Pirates fans have kind of been cracked on the way we have been, but they're mostly also Steelers fans. So, you know, you can't muster up any any, uh, sympathy for them. So, uh, and again, that's patreon.com slash Riverfront Sensi if you want to get in on the uh, the Slack channel. We're having a good time. We really are actually having a good time despite uh, it's, it's a great crew. It's a great group and I enjoyed hanging out with them. But there are a few things that I wanted to, before we get into some of the viewer mail and some of the other news of the, news of the week, Lance McAllister, uh, you know, Lance is a host on WLW and ESPN 1530. And uh, uh, I'm a little upset with him because he's not actually asked me on uh, in the last uh, 12 months to come on his show ever. Kind of rude, Lance. About it. Get it together. I know, James Rapine, if you all know James Rapine, big Bengals guy, uh, he was actually on uh, – in for Lance uh, earlier this week, and and I did go on to talk about the Reds, and I ended up complaining about the Castellinis. I tried to not do that, and I ended up doing it, but he was provoking me to do it. But uh, <laughs> James Rapine's a good guy. But anyway, Lance said some interesting that uh, interesting way to frame the discussion about where the Reds are and where they're going. And I want to read a few things that he's posted, and I can't believe I'm. That we, we've now come to the segment of the podcast of things Lance McAllister posted. This is going to be a, a running uh, running gag here. I will delete it from the show notes. Yes, please do. All right, here, here's the first one. Because I think this is a really interesting way to think about things. It really does take some shrewd maneuvering to spend $125 million on an 83-win team last year and then spend $117 million on a team that's on pace to lose 107 this season. Oh, wow. I looked at it like that. 
They tried they tried to save some money and they did save a little bit of money, but their, their payroll last year was 125. It's 117 now. And think about the difference. What's the what's the point? I mean, I, mean, look, I know that eight, eight million is a lot right. of money to me, but that's an interesting way to think about it. And and to completely take a team that was close to the playoffs and put them years away from the playoffs. Yeah, if you are, I mean, let's we're not under any you know, false pretenses here. We know that they're not making the bulk of their money from from ticket sales. So you look at the $8 million gap and you made all these moves in the offseason under the guise that, you know, we have to align our payroll to our resources. And then you just crater the team. Nobody's showing up to the games. That eight, the $8 million is going to be a wash at the very, very least in ticket sales and then, you know, concessions and merchandise and stuff. So it's, it's baffling. I wish you hadn't told me that when I'm trying to yeah. keep it positive. Our, our buddy, Bill Lack actually texted that to me earlier today. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about it, but they're, they're barely saving any money on the payroll. And yet they've <laughs> just completely cratered the organization for, for what I, you know, I don't like the Castellanis. <laughs> Breaking this news. Is not the, I know. Right. This is not the worst run uh, franchise in sports, man, but it's in the inner circle. So here's what else uh, Lance had to say that got me thinking. This isn't rock bottom. He said this after the loss last night. This isn't rock bottom. Wait until parts are traded off at the deadline. Wait until you realize that there will be nine position players, 29 years of age and older, that will get at least 100 plate appearances this year that won't be around when or if the Reds ever win again. And our buddy Wick Terrell, he, he tweeted out the other day that the Reds have like the, what, the fourth highest average age in their lineup. This is the youth movement the Reds are, are undergoing. What are we doing here? You know, people keep wanting to say, yeah, we got to get these guys at bats to up their trade value. <laughs> I'm not. Why do we want to keep giving at bats to Donovan Solanos of the world so that they can get us a two-star relief prospect who's probably still in high A? That's the thing. Even Brandon Drury, who's had a great season, is Brandon Drury really going to bring anything in trade? I mean, no. maybe. I hope so. Um, although I, fringe, I like the fringe game. prospect at best. The guy has right. just kind of been bad his whole career. Those guys with pedigree like that don't typically return a ton. Right. Well, and, and, you know, and, and Kyle Farmer, everybody loves Kyle Farmer. And, and I've seen some things here lately because he's been playing great. Maybe you can trade him for something, but other owners are able to, or other uh, uh, front offices are able to log on to fan graphs. They're able to log on to baseball yeah. reference. Okay. It's, it's, you know. Yeah. You I see go. the argument to, uh, you know, keep Barrero down because you want to give these guys reps to get them ready for the trade deadline. If you think that whatever package you're going to get for some of these, you know, future former obscure Reds is more important than Jose Barrero's development at the major league level, then I got news for you. There's a reason you're behind, you know, your, your phone keyboard. So is black, <laughs> right. black, Blackberry still a thing? People still have Blackberries? I wish. I missed the Blackberry. Um, my last Blackberry, uh, on the very last day I owned it, I literally threw it into the woods. <laughs> I got really upset because the stupid thing was just, uh, anyway, I threw it into the woods. And my wife maybe trudge over and collect it. Um, That's what Phil Cast or the Castellinis and Nick Carl did to the Reds this offseason. 
<laughs> right into the woods. Right. Just chuck them. Um, I mean, you know, Tommy Pham, is he going to bring something? You know, maybe. I mean, Tommy Pham has been talented in parts of his career, but he's also alienated just about everyone. And I'm afraid his antics are going to depress his trade value as well. But I'm like you, keep hitting. Keep hitting. Let's get something yeah, right. All right. I, again, the last time we'll ever mention uh, Lance on this show, probably not. Uh, although until he asked me back on his show, I'm not, uh, I'm probably not going to mention him again. But here's this one. And this is what I wanted to get you to comment on, Nate. So I probably should have sent this to you ahead of time so you could prepare some, <laughs> some witty remarks, some pithy remarks. Red's ownership saved some money this year and erased uh, Suarez's money for the future and attempting to square the books from COVID. But what they have lost in goodwill and trust with fans will cost them for years to come. It was a short-sighted calculation that will haunt for years to come. Do we think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that one. Uh, I want to believe that because I've been leading the charge against the Castellines and the way they're doing it and that people should boycott them. And the attendance has been not good. So maybe they're getting the message, but I'm just not sure that Reds fans this day and age, the ones that are still, you know, kind of dialed in, have just decided they're going to forgive everything. I don't know. What do you think, Nate? Well, you can't lose trust and goodwill if you never had trust and goodwill. I mean, it's not like they spent the last two decades, you know, making all the right moves and leading us to expect sustained success. It's been exact opposite of that um but at the same time i think you're right if uh, they make a few good moves and whether it's due to savvy business decisions or just the right people get hot at the right times and the reds are good the ballpark's gonna fill back up they're gonna you know have their little you know everybody's gonna give them their flowers how they made all the right moves people love to look at these trades that they made in the offseason be like oh winker is having a bad year this is an awesome trade <laughs> Well, no. I don't get it. So yeah, people will forget. No. They will forgive, and they will forget as soon as the Reds have a decent product. It's true. I think. I think that. I think that's true because, uh, you know, well, we saw we saw the Bengals. The the mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Mike Brown was Perfect. garbage forever, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, we have to kind of do we expect the Reds to start all of a sudden the Castellanis actually running a real major league organization. No, I don't, but I would have said the same thing about Mike Brown and the ben- Bengals have shown a real, um, I don't know. They're not the same Bengals from three years, four years ago. They really can Joe not. Burrow. Can Joe Burrow play shortstop? <laughs> I'm wondering if Kyle Farmer could be uh Joe Burrow's backup quarterback. You know, he's a high school quarterback. Oh, QB one. Did, did you know that, that Kyle Farmer, Played a quarterback in uh, the major motion picture, The Blind Side. Is that true? With Sandra Bullock. I'm and just testing Tim whether McGraw. you read. I'm just. That's right. I'm just testing whether you read my Cincinnati Magazine column a couple of weeks ago about Kyle Farmer because I, I dropped that tidbit in. So you just exposed no. yourself, Nate. I skipped that one because uh, I wasn't. I was Kyle Farmer. Read your propaganda. <laughs> uh, gaslight, yeah, so. gaslight the riverfront family that's rude <laughs> yeah i just there's no reason to uh, I, I want to believe that what lance says that this is gonna um haunt the castings until forever but i i don't know i 
I don't know. The, the city starved for a winner, so if they get one, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna rally behind them in a big way. You will, I will, everybody that listens or watches this podcast. We're all gonna get excited, and we're gonna tune in every day. We tune in every day when they're an abomination. <laughs> yeah, because but no matter how ball. bad, yeah, that's true. And no matter how bad the Reds are, baseball is still the greatest sport there is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what I'm gonna say is, I'm not going to the ballpark as long as the Castellanos are there. I'm just done until Castellanos sells. But you know, uh, my I, I enjoy things much more when the Reds are winning. And at, at this age of my life, I can't believe that it still actually has an effect on my mood when they win. Now, it doesn't. It doesn't bring me down when they lose anymore. I'm I'm, I'm past that. <laughs> I don't. Whatever. You know, I was when I was a you know. 14 years old and the Reds lost. I was like, next day, you know, at, at, at school, I'd be, you know, my head down wandering into the cafeteria, you know. But um, I found this uh, good uh, middle ground where when they win, great. It's supposed to be fun. Baseball's supposed to be a diversion. When they lose, whatever. The Castellanis want to lose. They do not do anything to win. So why well, let it bother me? But <laughs> I want them to win so uh, I can be happier, I guess. My wife says I need to be happier. There's going to be a lot of confused therapists being like, what's, what's wrong with you? I, I don't feel things. How? <laughs> I'm a Reds fan. Oh, got it. Got it. There you not. go. All right, quickly, let's run through some of the transactions this week if we could. Uh, you mentioned Donovan Solano. He's act, He was activated. Uh, uh, y- Yahoo. Yay. $4 million Nicolo for that guy. With- <laughs> <laughs> Nick Lodolo went on the 60-man uh, injured list to make room for Donovan Solano, but it's not, that sounds worse than it is. Lodolo went out on a rehab start and looked pretty strong in his uh, in his rehab start, so good for him. How, how nervous did you get when you're – did you know going into it? I saw that headline, Nick Lodolo did the 60-day DL, just flashed yes. by on Twitter or something. My heart sunk. I went and poured a bourbon. <laughs> Quick, quickly found right. out the truth, poured another one. I, <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah, no, that's what I, what I first thought. Oh, no, a setback for Lodolo. They moved him to, from the 15-day the to the 60-day. But, no, it's, it was a, just a transaction to get Solano on. It's retroactive to way back. So so Lodolo right. will be available when he's available. There you go, though. You're a Reds fan looking for a reason to keep caring, keep tuning in. Lodolo comes back. There's, you know, every five days we get to care about that. It's worth watching. It's yeah. something worth watching, Absolutely. Uh, other transaction news of the week, probably the worst news of the year so far. The, the most unexpectedly worst news. The Reds placed our guy, Alexis Diaz, on the injured list, 15-day injured list, bicep tendonitis. Before the season, none of us were like clamoring for Alexis Diaz, but as it turns out, he ha- is pretty good. And uh, yeah, he's on the injured list now because we just can't have nice things. Yeah, that one wasn't great. Um, encouraging signs, I read. He was um, playing catch yesterday. I say with this yeah, biceps tendonitis, it can sometimes be a uh, much more like longer-term injury, but this one, all signs are pointing towards him being back relatively soon, so please. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, know. I, I don't know why I trust any Reds reliever, but I think maybe just because of who Diaz's brother is and the way he's looked so far this year, I'm like, yeah, we need this guy. Uh, and I was just a rookie, but uh, I'm loving that 2.40 ERA and uh, and all those strikeouts. I love that guy. And But losing him, it really, really hurts us. Um, also, other Dari Moretta, speaking of relievers, called up from AAA Louisville and the Reds option, TJ Friedel back to AAA. 
Uh, Friedel, he's getting some of those, uh, you know, I, I worry about Friedel going back and forth from Cincinnati to Louisville with gas prices these days. It's probably, <laughs> uh, you know, expenses are piling up. I hope he's, hope he's charging those to Castellini. There's that $8 million that they saved. <laughs> right. It's on gas prices to get TJ Friedel back and forth from Louisville. Um, what else? The, uh, the Reds activated Max Schrock, which I guess That's is fun. a thing that happened. Yeah, he That's has an, a fun a- name. Yeah, I like to say his name. Dari Moreto was just shoving down in AAA. It's looking look amazing since he went down there. Had a had a four oh five and a one point eight whip. Pretty excited about the Dari Moretta era round two. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is we were kind of clamoring for the Reds to call up Moretta last year because he was unhittable sure. last year. Maybe that's an example of uh, you know, don't count any relievers ever. Um he could, Dar- he could couple- be no, he could be. He's still young, but yeah, you're right. He this year has been a big step back for, for Dari Moretta. Before we do uh, viewer mail, a couple of kind of big topics of the week I wanted to get into, and the first is what uh, I will call the saga of Nick Senzel. Our first viewer mail question this week was about Nick Senzel. It comes from our friend James Urban. Again, these viewer mail questions come from our friends at Patreon.com/slash RiverfrontCency, where you too can support the show and uh, and get your dumb questions answered and the dumber the better as far as i'm concerned james urban is not the dumb I'm, i didn't mean to ins- insinuate that james was dumb but his, and his question's not dumb hey guys it's time to talk about it are we over nick senzel i am tired of waiting i think it's time to move on Nate, uh, I have a fractured relationship with this particular player, and so I'm going to let you say whatever you want to say first before I uh, launch into my uh, mea culpa. It's kind of rude, but okay. Um, Am I over him? The answer is no. The answer is no. It might not be no for a long time. Um, I'm always going to hold out a little bit of hope. And when his career is over, if it ends the way it has begun, I will never get over that. That's going to be tough. This was – a bright spot, a beacon of hope that Reds fans had for you know several years during a lot of times when there weren't many of those beacons to look for. But my goodness, I, I was on here not a couple of weeks ago saying it looked like he was starting to get the barrel on the, the bat on the ball, that he was having good at bats and getting bad luck. So I spent some time trying to go through his baseball reference page and like look for signs, look for something to give me hope and Man, it's 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 not been good. After his uh, two for four day today, which maybe that's the, the thing, the spark that we needed. But he's got a line of 211, 267 on base, 257 slugging. Check that again. Slugging is below his on base, which is horrible. Um, his ISO, his isolated power, is third worst in all of Major League Baseball. Um. His wins above replacement have gone down every year. This year he has a career low walk percentage, a career high strikeout percentage, a career low home run percentage. And I don't know. I guess he has options, so maybe you can try sending him down, but you're just going to mess with any ego, any pride that he has. There's going to be an effect there. It seems like the combination of whatever happened with that shoulder injury and the forced swing change, he just has never looked the same 
and there's nothing really to point to to give me much reason for hope. That said, look at the nine position players they tried out there every day. He should keep getting at bats. Let's know once well, and that's- for all. That's that's the first thing I would I would say is in terms of the question send him down or whatever no there's no one to replace him and he's got to prove he can hit in the major leagues and now's the time to prove that um, because they don't have anyone to replace him and because uh, what is he going to contribute to more losses whatever who cares <sighs> Nixon Zell let me just I've always tried to be honest here that I am a little biased when it comes to Nixon Zell. Um, and so I want you all, I've always tried to let you, you know, you all know that um, that's there. He was, uh, he was very kind to you and his family were very kind to me when I wrote a piece uh, for Cincinnati magazine that was supposed to be the cover piece before some things happened. But um, uh, at Cincinnati magazine about Sinzel, I'm still very proud of that piece. I think you should go try to read it if you uh, haven't yet. And if you haven't yet, well, get out of here. What are, you, what are you doing here? You're disloyal. Weirdos. Yeah, really. You're supposed to be my lab partner, but you're not. You're disloyal. Now, if anyone can tell me what that movie, what movie reference that was from, uh, you win. Tweet me at uh, at Dotson C and let me know. Um, I'm not out on Senzel. I think all the reasons for optimism that we all had are still there. He was, uh, you know, a. There's a reason why he was a top draft pick. He's 27 now, which is old to have not uh, really produced yet. But in the minor leagues, he produced at every level. He's that guy. Something's happened. I don't know what it is. Uh, the injuries, he's never been able to you know, have, a, have a, a, a long stretch to really figure it out. Um, the swing change you talked about, the Reds kind of forced him into his swing change that completely – he was looking good there for a while and just went off the uh, – Went off the edge. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But he is 27, and he has never yet produced for any extended amount of time in the big leagues. And so, I mean, uh, again, like, like you said, it was two for four today, but he's hitting 211, 267 on base, 257 slugging. His uh, weighted runs created plus is 45. Uh, if you don't know what weighted runs created plus is, you can go look it up if you want, but I'll just tell you 45 is just bad. It's just bad. Um, he's been great defensively. So, I mean, you know, it's not it's not all awful, but the fact of the matter is we're, we're looking now at how many plate appearances so far this year, 170 plate appearances. Still technically a small sample size, but when you consider the fact that he's never really produced at the big league level, I, I don't know what to say. I, 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 he's going to have to show me something, and I want the guy to do well. I've, I'm rooting for him as, more than I've rooted for anyone else, uh, and that's a kind of a personal thing here. Again, I'm trying to be completely uh, transparent with everyone here, uh, but he's just not produced, and at some point he has to. And I, I'll, I'll echo what I said, I think, last week, which is if he can stay healthy, he will have the best chance this year to prove himself. And this is the make or break year for Sinzel. And so far it's been break. And I wish that he would make just because it's a good thing for the Reds uh, and a good thing for him. And um, I don't know. I've, I've kind of rambled about it. I, I feel bad that I've misled you all these years about uh, how great Sinzel was. And he's never really delivered on it. But I still believe he can be that guy against all evidence to the contrary. Well, if you are looking for something to point to, to give you a little bit of hope, 
why not look at everybody's favorite Cincinnati Red of the moment, Brandon Drury? Prospect with some yes. pedigree, took years to kind of figure it out. And now over the last, you know, roughly season and some couple flashes prior to uh, to this year, you know, he, he stunk. And then he kind of figured it out. So you don't have to squint too hard to see um, comps for what this could look like. But it's you haven't seen him, you haven't seen him do any of it yet. Yeah, you know, like three or four years ago, I remember saying specifically, "Boy, I hope Nixon's L turns into Brandon Drury." <laughs> no, I'd not say that. If you turn into this season's Brandon Drury, it'd be okay. That would be okay. Um, I'm rooting for you, Nick. I really am rooting for you. Um, but we got to see something, and um, uh, I don't know. The stat line just has to start trending upward, and there's very little reason to be optimistic at this point, I, I fear. But the we're going sort to. Of, there you go. We're going to be optimistic. The other kind of topic of the week that I want to briefly talk about here, because we're, 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 you know, we're, we've gone on longer than we should about a lot of these other nonsense topics. The Brewers. But it's the topic of my uh, column at uh, Cincinnati Magazine this week. Which Reds player is going to – did you read this one? Yeah. Right, we'll read it right now while I'm talking. <laughs> Which Reds player is going to be the representative on the All-Star team this year? This is some, about this time every year, this week every year generally. Gosh, I've been writing, I think, for nine years now for Cincinnati Magazine. And about this time every year is uh, when I write this column about who's going to be. And, and the reason I write it and I, I – kind of, you know, pitch it to my editor every year is because I'm still a sucker for the All-Star game. I love the discussion around the All-Star game. I love, uh, you know, I, since I was a kid, I loved watching the the lineups be announced and uh, the rosters be announced before the game and getting kind of a, uh, a, a chill. This is what a weird kid I was. But whenever, the you know, the Reds were announced to get the lineup because they're going to see my Reds alongside the big stars of the game, you know. And... So I'm still a sucker for the All-Star game. And so my uh, every year I write this question, who is going to be the representative for the Cincinnati Reds? And maybe more than one, but thank goodness for the one. Um, in this year's All-Star game. Now, I listed a number of candidates, and I guess I'll, I'll ask you, since you say, claim to have read the, uh, the piece, do you think the Reds will get more than one? No. No. Who will the one be? Um, I will let you talk about your choice here in a second. I think it's uh, got plenty of merit, though I disagree with it. I think it has to be Brandon Drury right now. Um, there is some room for a couple other players to potentially um, do some things over the next few weeks and overcome him. But he's top 10 in the National League in home runs. He leads the team with an open. You know, an OPS, OPS plus, 121. You know, of the five Reds with an OPS plus over 100, only Kyle Farmer and Tommy Pham are healthy, and I don't think it's going to be them. Um, I don't exactly see Tommy Pham get the player vote, if that's still a thing. Unless... <laughs> he won't get Jock Peterson's vote, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I would have loved this somebody we can talk a little about a little bit more in a second, but Tyler Stevenson, I think, would have obviously the front runner. And still could, if he comes back and gets a few weeks of hot hitting in, um, get one of those spots. But I think it's Brandon Drury. I think it's reluctantly Brandon Drury. I don't know if the Reds have necessarily had an all-star on this team since Tyler Stevenson went down. 
Uh, there you go. I was going to say, yeah, they have had an all-star. It was Tyler Stevenson, but of course the injuries. Uh, so here's the what. Here's how I will qualify what you just said. I, I think everything you just said was correct, but uh, you said uh, if it were right now, if we're picking right now, it would be Brandon Drury. Well, mm-hmm. we're not picking right now, and so that's why I chose as my most likely contender Luis Castillo. Uh, Luis Castillo is a pitcher for the Reds. He's a starting pitcher, and oh. he, he has. He was not great against. The, well, he was he was dominant against the Dodgers until the last inning that he was in. But uh, he, the the crux of my argument was he's been better than you realize since he returned from his injury at the beginning of the season, and he has a few more starts to to kind of burnish his resume. So I I think that uh, by the time we get to when uh, rosters are announced, Castillo is likely to be the top choice. I probably I would have said that it was Luis Castillo if he would have had a shutdown performance against the Dodgers. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, he yeah. he and it was a shutdown for a while, right? Yeah. Um, the other guys I talked about, we'll just briefly run through those. Brandon Drury obviously was uh, one that I talked about, and and I made the made the comment in my column. If I'd re- pre-written the column for the season, I probably would have mentioned a thousand different players before I mentioned Brandon Drury being the Reds All-Star representative. <laughs> he was signed to a minor league contract in March, if you'll remember, right? And what that means is, literally, no team was willing to offer him a big league deal in March. And so now here we are in June, and he's potentially an All-Star. And, it is, you know, you could say a deserving All-Star. He's been really good mm-hmm. so far. And so uh, and, and I did make the point uh, in, in the comment that if the roster were selected today, he has to be an odds-on favorite to make his first uh, all-star team. Apologies I mentioned to Kyle F- Connor, Connor Overton. just want to apologize to Connor Overton real quick. Oh, man. Respect. That spot was his. Rest in peace, Connor Overton. Oh. Uh, Kyle Farmer uh, has to be mentioned. He's, he's literally been a top-five shortstop with the bat in, in uh, after his recent hot streak. But um, – Overall, his inconsistent glove work, his value is a little bit depressed. But I don't know. You know, it'd be fun to watch him get rewarded with an all-star selection and then watch no. the Reds sign him to a five-year contract. No, it wouldn't. I would hate everything about me. Good for him. Be happy for him personally. <laughs> but for the fact that I have to be on social media on occasion, I would I would hate that. It'd be awful, even though it'd be great because he seems like a great guy. You know, it seems like it'd be good for him. Um, I mentioned Tommy Pham. Tommy Fan, if you if you get rid of those first eight games where he didn't get a hit, he's been pretty darn good. Um, but I think the only way he makes it is if, uh, as I noted in my column, if be- before the home run derby, Major League Baseball decides to add you know, like a, a, a contest, slap your opponent or something like that, he might make it then. So you <laughs> that. Okay. Um, the only other here's what here's here's what I think it'll come down to. Probably Castillo or Drury. Although if Drury hits like Drury did before this season for the rest of the, you know, before the All-Star game, I don't know that either. Um, I think Castillo is, a, I still think he's the best bet. But I actually also think that Tyler Stevenson, he was on the field throwing this week. He's maybe getting, inching closer, getting back. I see a situation, and, and Wick and I talked about this last week, where Tyler Stevenson comes back and he was maybe not selected initially. But there's always players that uh, you know are out for injury or can't play for whatever reason. I think he is a good option for maybe like an injury replacement. I'm going to say Castillo and Stevenson both make it. That's where I'm going to set my marker. Ooh. Now. The Reds are getting two players again. I can see them just agreeing not to give the Reds a 
an all-star initially and then be like, well, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to have to miss it. We'll give the Reds one of those guys, one of those spots. Well, they have to have at least one. (laughs) That's the rule. Um, When's the last time the Reds – we think about the Reds. The Reds have been awful, and we would laugh about how they're, you know, only one – they're only going to get one. But when's the last time the Reds only had one all-star? It was 2009. I, I was, when I looked that up, I was surprised that it was that long ago. The Reds have had more than one all-star every year since 2009. That year, uh, Coco Cordero oh, was the yeah. all-star representative. Did that surprise you that it's been that long? Because it seems like the Reds have been such garbage. You'd think they only get one. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I read it. I wonder if other teams have similar streaks. Is it fluky? Is it just something that most teams end up getting to somehow? I don't know. I, I don't love the so All Star game the way you do. <laughs> so many, so many players are like, uh, or so many, uh, you know, times the rosters are people are injured and they end up having you know forty different people get named to the All Star team while fifteen of them are injured. You know, so right. All right, let's answer some viewer mail questions, shall we, Nate? Let's do it. First question got? that comes comes from our buddy. Again, these questions all come from our friends at Patreon.com/slash/RiverfrontCincy. Where uh, you can, you know, a couple bucks, you can uh, join the crew. Joey Gaditza has the first question. His question is this: What's up, guys? Oh, that's my, that's not the not entire much. question. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we Reds fans again? Oh, right, because we get to be excited about guys like Almora, Drury, and Solano. Oh boy, the work that this organization needs to do once once again to be competitive seems so daunting and far away. Sound about right? Oh, man. My, my response is, yes, it sounds about right, but I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying Almora and Drury so far, but they're not going to be on the next good Reds team. The amount of people that I have seen over the last two days say that, man, it should have, sure would have been great to see Donovan Solano here in a Reds uniform all season long. <laughs> and to think things could really be different right now. I'm cheering for those guys. Yeah. You know. I, I, I'm happy that uh, Albert Almora Jr. has been, uh, you know, pretty good. I'm happy that Brandon Drury has been better than pretty good. That's good, good stuff. I hope Donovan Salado is great, but I don't know. How do you invest in guys that are just not going to be around the next time the Reds are good? Those guys, I'm sorry, those guys are not going to be around. You could make a case for Almora keeping him around as a fourth or fifth outfielder. You know, I mean, I, I, that's reasonable. Drury, maybe he's figured something out. At this uh, advanced age, uh, you know, he's all of uh, 29 years old. Maybe he's figured something out. I hope so. He was the guy that came up to the big leagues early and so had some talent. But, uh, yeah, Joey, you've kind of – we're trying to be positive and be happy today. And, yes, the work this organization needs to do to be competitive, um, it's a lot of work. And we'll get Sorry, into I, that. A little bit more in a moment with another depressing question. Yeah, why are you guys doing this? Usually our uh, our Patreon crews uh, tries to be optimistic and have a good time. Next question comes from our, our buddy Brian Bowdy. Brian asks, if 2022 Kyle Farmer got in a time machine and went to 1975, where would he bat in the Big Red Machine order? Surely he'd feast on 1970s pitching. Uh, you want to take this or you want me to take it first? I got a little something here. Um, I wasn't going to go look at all of Major League Baseball in 1975, so I focused on a couple things. 
One, only Cesar Geronimo and Dave Concepcion had a worse OPS than Kyle Farmer right now, OPS plus. But I think uh, Davey's gold glove at shortstop that season probably keeps him in the position. But where Mr. Farmer might have been extremely valuable are in games two and game seven of the World Series when the Red Sox trotted out left-hander Bill Lee. Kyle Farmer, known lefty masher, could have had a massive impact in the World Series hitting against Bill Lee. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Spaceman Bill Lee. Uh, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, Kyle Farmer never gets in the in the starting lineup for the big red machine. Are you crazy? He's been really good uh, for the last month and a half or, or however long it's been. And again, I don't have objections to Kyle Farmer, but he is probably though, if he's on the big red machine, he's in the role that he's best suited, which is super sub. And every time a left-handed pitcher gets on the mound, he's playing somewhere around the diamond. And he is – yes, I'm, I'm literally saying here, Kyle Farmer could help the big red machine. And maybe that's the title <laughs> of this episode. I don't know. But you're right. He, he mashes lefties. And he's not going to start over Dave Concepcion because that's just ludicrous. But uh, he's – you know, he <laughs> – Kyle Farmer could have been a <laughs> valuable member of the big red machine. I want somebody to aggregate that. Yes, Kyle Farmer would have helped the big red machine. Put it out there. Oh. Cut it and clip it. Let's go. Yeah, 40, 49 minutes in. i got to remember to clip that one, and uh, we'll pu- push that out. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's not starting over Dave Concepcion. Nope. Next question comes from our buddy Kyle Kapler. Kyle, uh, I love you. I promise I do, but uh, you're, you're, you're harshing our mellow. Time to be critical, he says. I'm kind of tired of people talking about the young core of this franchise. They have two ascending position players and a few promising young starting pitchers, and that's it. And besides Ellie De La Cruz, who is doing well in the minors on the position side? What young core is there? They're three or four years out at least. Listen, I'm sick of you, Kyle, (laughs) trying to speak truth, okay? Quit it. We're trying to delude ourselves into believing that, no, I do think there are a real, uh, you know, uh, you say two ascending position players, but then you say, besides Ellie De La Cruz, who's doing well on Myers on the position side. So I, I, who's the second one? I, maybe Barrero. I still am on the uh, Matt McClain train. I think he can, can be a real player. Ellie De La Cruz is amazing. Um, uh, you're not wrong. It's not like they have a, a superstar in waiting at every position. But And I don't even know if they're going to be end up being good enough to be a quote-unquote young core because we just don't know yet. That's the one area where I think there is reason for optimism because there are some guys that have have a profile that they could be real contributors on the big league level, and then you have to build them around, build around them, and, and hope that the Cassians will build around them. Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I think the problem here is that people try to use some of these prospects as a justification for what the Reds are going through right now. So we had Tyler Stevenson, who is a bona fide superstar. He stays healthy. He has a, a a reasonable chance of being the best catcher in Major League Baseball. True. That's not, that's not hyperbole. Jonathan India, who we are all in love with, we think he's great. Now, would I you know, bet my mortgage that he's going to make three or four all-star teams? Not necessarily. But if he just stays as good as he is right now, we're going to be pretty happy with that. But right, and, he's that, not, and he's not a prospect, he's, but he's still just 25. So yeah, that's the future. After that, if you go down to Louisville, the only person that you have reason to be optimistic about is Jose Barrero. 
and bird tenowitz because you know big bird fans on the riverfront um <laughs> you go down to chattanooga and you have matt mclean and really nobody else so you're putting all of this you know this faith and excitement this justification for the moves of the offseason and the direction of the franchise and you're going to rely on people that are in high a double a or not even double a high a and low a like there's a, a lot of a lot of space between there and the big league ball club so i get what kyle's saying you can't talk about the young core because if you are you're really only talking about tyler stevenson and jonathan india because they're the only two that have had any success at the major league level or are close to doing wow so. you've made a pretty good case uh for kyle's argument there and I, and you know, I, I don't it's, like it. It's true. I think, I think maybe the thing with prospects is always we're projecting a lot when it comes to them. And I've kind of maybe because I'm trying to find reasons to be optimistic, reasons to be excited. Um, they've got Stevenson, India, Green, Lodolo, you know, and Ashcraft. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good group. That's five players um, for years on this show. And no one has listened to the show for uh, all the way back to 2007 because if you have, no, you're you're insane. And um, anybody that started listening back then has drifted away before now. But I've always said, you know, until they show me something in Double A AA or Triple A, I don't care. Trade them all. I, you know, I um, so many top prospects just flame out. Just trade them all. I, I think we should, the Reds should trade every minor league prospect they have. <laughs> And try to get somebody that can produce on the big league level because they flame out. <laughs> you know, we just talked about Nick yeah. Zell. You know, what's that trade Nick Zell? Um, they could have gotten some real value for him, and that could have turned the you know a team the team. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Um, Barrero, we don't know. Barrero looks shows all the markers of being a really good big league player. He's not done it in the big leagues yet. We don't know. And you know, Hunter Green's the one guy in the in recent times that I would have said, oh, you know, oh, I did say publicly that they should consider trading him because who knows if he's going to blow his arm out. And then you know he called me out, and then he did blow his arm out. So um, and then he proved me wrong by coming back to be great. So, but the rest of them, I don't know. I, I've gone. Nate, you and Kyle talked me into it. The Kyle future Paul. is bleak. I had to start looking into this, and I'm like, oh goodness, there's. <laughs> Our offense has no reason, no signs of hope, except for like Ellie De La Cruz could be in AAA by the end of the season. That wouldn't surprise me. He is mashing down there. And there's a yeah, couple yeah. other fellas named like the big Tortuga, Tortuga. There's, there's a couple hefty boys, some thick boys down in the uh, <laughs> I, I like the big boy. I like the big I'm boys. I'm saying, get them up here. Let's have some fun. Bring up old Bird Tenowitz. Let's make this the most fun team, if not the best. I, I will say this: the Reds have a guy uh, in Ellie De La Cruz. He, he does have his play discipline has to get better. He's got to walk more, but he, that's the one guy that I think could be like a superstar. I, I genuinely believe. He, I mean, and I'm not going to predict that he is going to be because he does have some work to do in his game. But he has so many other things well, and just has that light tower power. And just if you want to uh, get excited about Ellie De La Cruz, go watch some Pittsburgh games and watch O'Neill Cruz. You want to see what a super tall shortstop that can mash looks like. Yeah, five tools across the board. There's there's your comp. That's the other thing. If if he can stick it, if L.A. De La Cruz, by the way, just an incredible name, just inner circle Hall of Fame name, L.A. De La Cruz. If he can stick it shortstop defensively, um, 
I love that guy, and I'm pinning a lot of hopes on him. So, anyway, yeah, the Reds uh, suck, and they're going to suck going for a long time. <laughs> By the way, uh, come and watch the Reds every week and give us your money every week. <laughs> the truth is, if you're a hopeless Reds fan, there's no better uh, family to be a part of because we can commiserate together. Misery loves company. Mm-hmm. All right, last uh, two two more questions, actually. No, we have three more questions. Good grief. I don't even know how to read. Let's go to Joe Farsing. Joe asks, who's on your all-MLB team right now? Your all-MLB team right now. So uh, let's try to run through this qu- as quickly as possible, if we can, Nate. Um, sure. You want to go Nixon's alternate at, Nixon's at, every other one? What's that? Go ahead. <laughs> is it, you're going to say, uh, we'll, go, uh, we'll alternate positions. Right there, okay, that's sure. good. I, I, but, but is Nixon Zell your leadoff hitter? Obviously. All right, catcher, my, I'm going to go with catcher. Number one in my heart. I'll go with catcher first. My catcher is Wilson Contreras. I hate it. He's a Cub, but he's been really good this year. Uh, so that's my catcher, Wilson Contreras. Now, um, you, I have, you want first base? I have the same first base. Uh, another person I hate to put on here, but Paul Goldschmidt has been otherworldly. I liked Paul Goldschmidt before he uh, joined the Cardinals. Wrong uniform. Exactly. Second base, I'm going to specifically not say who I probably, really probably should be. Tommy Edmond for St. Louis has been amazing so far this year. So I'm going to go with uh, – I'll go back and forth. Uh, I wanted to say Jeff McNeil, who's having a great season for the Mets, but I'm going with – just because I love his name – Jazz Chisholm Jr. for the Marlins. Jazz Chisholm Jr. has been mashing the baseball 14 home runs – um, that's what I'm going with at second base. I'll give you, you want yeah. short or third? I'll go with third, young Jose Ramirez. Oh, gosh, I love that guy. Yeah. Gosh, he's, he's, he's so much fun to watch. He can race. Um, shortstop, I'm going to go with Dansby Swanson. Ooh, did not see he's that been, coming. Yeah, he's been really hot lately. I, I thought about Xander Bogarts, but. Uh, or Trey Turner, but Dansby Swanson has actually been hitting this year. He's already a great defender, and he's mm-hmm. actually been hitting um, and uh, lots of homers lately. Uh, Dansby Swanson also, although I hate the guy. I mean, I despise Dansby Swanson with every fiber of my being <laughs> because he was on a Vanderbilt team that defeated the University of Virginia Cavaliers in the College World Series finals uh, the year before Virginia won. But uh, I'm going Dansby Swanson is short. All right, you got left. Yeah, sure. Left, I uh, got Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy's great. <laughs> Just go look at his stat line. It's disgusting. Um, uh, let's talk about center and right field. Center field and right field, there are, I think, are only two players. Mm-hmm. I agree. So are we agreed those two players are Dalton Varsho and Harrison Bader? Hey, I think that there is a, an argument for Dalton Varsho just because how ridiculous is it that the guy is also a catcher? <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> Respect novelty points. Uh, Mike Ustrimsky. Oh, His grandfather was good. So Mike Trout, obviously. Mike Trout. And who else? <laughs> Aaron Judge. My goodness, Aaron Judge is amazing. Dude. 
Don't let these guys get to the contract years. Contract year Dansby, contract year Judge. These guys are out to prove something, trying to get that bag. But, yeah, Trout and Judge are – how is Trout still doing it? Every, every season of his career, he's been awesome. He is the – you know, he's the best player in the history of Major League Baseball. Nobody wants to say that because it's always recency bias and, you know, it's just because the guy we saw. But I'm telling you, I think if he can stay healthy, that's a big thing. But that guy is probably the best player in the history of baseball. And so on those nights when you finish watching the Reds lose to somebody and you have MLB TV and you can like kind of log on and watch the Angels game uh, on the West Coast, do it, man, because Mike Trout is – he's special. So one of his teammates might be our uh, starting pitcher slash DH, right? Ooh, I do not have him in either position and was kind of disappointed in myself for not finding a role for him. For starting pitcher, I went with uh, Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara. Yeah. Second Marlin mentioned tonight. He's already thrown 100 innings and just his stats across the board are top two or three and pretty much every everything you could hope hope for. Yeah, he's, he's been great. Zach Wheeler's also been great for the Phillies, mm-hmm. a guy that I thought the Reds uh, – or I hope the Reds would try to sign a couple years ago. The entire Yankees starting pitching staff has been <laughs> oh, incredible. Absolutely. We'll talk more about the Yankees in a moment, I think. But here's my guy. It's a, it's a Toronto Blue Jays starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Also a former Cincinnati Red. Yay. Kevin Gausman. He leads MLB starting pitchers in wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. The Reds had yeah. him and let him walk. They let him walk, and he's he's been fantastic ever since. Uh, he was a Red, right? I, 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 I'm not, uh, yeah. you know, like have, I'm not having some kind of like flashback from something that didn't happen. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> if you can hit your head and make yourself remember better moments as Reds fans, like show me where that tree stump is, I'll trip on it any day of the week. I hate the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, let's. We need to pull this one out uh, and and post it on our social channels. I hate the Cincinnati Reds for what they do to me. All right. Uh, do, do we want to say a relief pitcher? What do you think? Do we want to go there? I didn't look at any relief pitchers, but if you do, it's got to be Josh Hader, right? Uh, no, it's uh, obviously uh, Alexis Diaz. Um, Jeffrey Hoffman. The yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. The Jeffrey Hoffman. Obviously. Or maybe maybe Edwin Diaz. He's been pretty good. I like that name. Um, now we're going with Jeffrey Hoffman as our leader. So, Did you good have question. Uh, oh, DH. Who's your DH? Yeah, my DH is Shohei Otani. I went with Bryce Harper. Who? That guy with the hair. I don't know that guy. Who's he play for? Oh, he's a national, right? Is he a national? He's uh, buddies with Nick Castellanos. Hmm. They don't share an outfield because Bryce Harper can't play the outfield. He's good at Still baseball. Though. He yeah. can hit a baseball. Bryce Harper. No, I'm going to show A just because I want to have him uh, in it. I can let him pitch too. All right, good question, uh, Joe Farsing. Finally, Joe Farsing asked a good question <laughs> on the email. Two more. Let's run through them as quick as we can. Calvin Medcalf, our buddy from the United Kingdom. With the red season long over. Wait a minute. Come on. It's not over yet. We got a chance. I'm curious to see who you guys will be rooting for to win the ALCS and NLCS, as well as which team you hope wins it all. Nate, who are you? You know who are you pulling for here? 
You know, if I was voting with my heart, I think that I would say a Padres Blue Jays World Series could be fun. I don't that would dislike be either of those teams. Get to watch our buddy Carlos tweet like a madman. Um, maybe Joey Votto gets traded to Toronto and he's playing in that series. I don't know. But um, I think a Subway Series would be awfully fun. I would I would tune into more games for a Subway Series. And I think they're probably the two best teams. Yeah, if we're talking about just teams that have a, that look like they have a chance, um, the truth is uh, I might cheer for Cleveland just so they can have another Ohio mm-hmm. team uh, embarrass the Castellinis. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland has spent less money, and but they're better run. And so they're tied for first place right now uh, with the, with the Twinsies, uh, but no, I don't I don't I don't love uh, I don't love Cleveland um, in the American League. You know, I hate to do this, but uh, because everyone gets mad at me every time I mention this, but I I don't hate the Yankees as much as I'm supposed to hate the Yankees. I just don't. Yeah, you know, I love Aaron Judge because you know Judge, right? For those of you that know anything about my personal professional history, spent a lot of time Judge. in Judge. And, um, you know, I'm kind of pulling. I'm sorry. I know everybody gets mad when I say this. I'm pulling for the Yankees. Um, I don't want to see a Subway Series, though, because I don't care about the Mets. Um, Come on. You know, Buck Showalter is a blast. He is. But it's the Mets. Maybe I'm just uh, still. Your daddy's Mets. He's a, this is a new <laughs> true. Mets. And they don't play in that dump that I went to called Shea Stadium anymore. So maybe that's something. But uh, probably the National League, I'm actually probably uh, pulling for the Brewers to, to pull something off just because of what we talked about earlier. Yes, this is a Brewers podcast. So <laughs> Brewers, Yankees, and Yankees in four. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't hate the Yankees. I know I'm supposed to, but I don't hate them. My college roommate, my college roommate was a Yankees fan. And he was the only other serious, serious baseball fan that I ran with. So he just sort of instilled a love for the the Jabba, Jabba Chamberlain area Yankees. <laughs> the Jabba Chamberlain area Yankees. <laughs> In me as well. So I'm with you. I don't hate the Yankees as much as, yeah, I, I want the Reds to be the Yankees. Yeah, I've just had so many good times uh, hanging out in New York City over the years that I just, I don't know, I, uh, I and, and at Yankee Stadium, um, uh, old and new Yankee Stadium. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to hate them, but they try to win every year. And I know they have some advantages over the Reds. There's no question, but still, they try to win every year. And what's that like? Go take a look at Nestor Cortez if you if you want to try to root for him because that guy's impossible not to root for, that mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely approve of any insane mustaches. All right, Nate, uh, we probably need to stick a pin in this one. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Oh, no, wait, we have one more question. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I forgot. Leave Rich I'm out sorry. of this. Terrible. I know, this Rich? is the treatment you get for joining patreon.com slash Exactly, we forget you. Rich, you know you're you're my favorite, but last question. Let's quickly, this is, and we can get to this quickly. Uh, as of right now, Who's been your most pleasant surprise on the Reds roster? And conversely, who's been your biggest disappointment? I think this is, uh, to me, it's pretty easy both ways. I'm going to go my biggest uh, uh, biggest surprise, most pleasant surprise, as Rich put it, is Brandon Drury. I think it obviously is Brandon Drury. Uh, biggest, because uh, he's been amazing. The biggest disappointment, uh, it's got to be, again, we've already talked about all this. It's Nixon Zell to me. Nate, do you disagree on either of those? 
I had the same uh, Hunter Strickland. You know, had big high hopes for Hunter going into this year. So he's been a bit of a, a letdown. Um, the other one, I kind of hate to mention it, mention it because I know we're leaving soon. But Joseph Daniel Votto has say it, yeah. Has is it, it's it's no, I won't say it's disappointing because he can never disappoint me. But I've been sad. Yeah, um, I thought about that one. Although I still have high hopes for Votto. He's shown yeah. plenty of signs of uh, being good the rest of the way. Sure. Um, and he did a great TikTok with some girl that showed up at the game uh, last week, which is uh, that stuff. I love that stuff. I don't know. I'm a sucker yeah. for it. But, yeah, you, you have to say it, it's disappointing, even though he's, you know, 48 years old or whatever he is. Um, and you shouldn't expect that. But it's Joey Votto, so we do expect things. And um, I don't know. I, I wrote a, a – Features piece for the magazine about Nixon Zell, and then he struggled since then. I wrote a feature piece for the the magazine over the off season about Joey Votto being the greatest red ever, and he's kind of let me down a little bit. It's probably my fault, is what I'm saying. There are plenty of signs pointing to just that. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, final thoughts about this current stretch of Reds games and why we should even be interested. Because a bad day uh, watching a baseball game is still better than just about any other day. It can only get better from here, and we're all in this together. Yeah, that misery loves company. You have us mm -hmm. to commiserate with, and uh, I don't know. I, yeah, they're bad, but there's something fun about just being part of this community that is sticking with this team. Yeah. I, uh, Everybody always says, you got you to take life one day at a time. So when I wake up, the Reds are undefeated. That's right. They got a chance to win tomorrow. <laughs> do they do they have a chance to win tomorrow? Nate. At San tomorrow, Francisco. Friday. At San Francisco. A, a chance right across the could, country. They could just slap it out of the park. There you go. The Reds <laughs> will win tomorrow. All right, listen, this is the Riverfront, episode number 430. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we, we have a good time here every week. You can find us at youtube.com slash riverfront every single week give us a like smash that subscribe button i'm not kidding smash it uh i'm that's actually been uh, kind of gratifying you guys keep subscribing our numbers keep going up even though the reds are playing bad so thank you for that go and do that if you like us talk about us tell your friends to go smash that subscribe button if you don't like us keep your mouth shut we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on facebook at riverfront Cincy. give us a follow you know it doesn't cost you anything now, patreon.com slash riverfront since he does cost you a little bit, not much, but you get to join the family. And man, that's that's fun. Nate, this was a good time, buddy. Hey, thanks for uh you know having me on once again. Uh, it's always it's always great talking about Cincinnati Reds, the the Blackberry of Major League Baseball teams. <laughs> <laughs> for Nate Dotson, and I'm really sorry, Nick Sinzel. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. <laughs>